with Nicholas Powers Gomez, uh, True Nature is the short film, play the sci-fi fantasy film festival. He's the writer, he is the director, he's the producer. Uh, kind of like a future-esque, kind of almost apocalyptic uh, world that we live in. What what few, what what uh, year are we in in this movie? Um, I would say we're probably like around 2030, 2035. Okay. Um, <laughs> I really played off of like, yeah, I really played like off of like the pandemic and um, just kind of putting together a scenario where things actually got out of point where uh, society's kind of devolved and it's currently in the process of devolving. Um, so I kind of imagined it becoming more like going back towards the wild, wild west yeah. and like where it's like there's badlands, there's people who are kind of outlaws, people kind of uh, running their own societies because the major framework of society has fallen apart. But a lot of people have a lot of people have I'm assuming have died because there's more yeah there's been a considerable yeah there's been a considerable amount of people who have died and now it's like the rest of society is struggling to survive but also fighting for that that power and kind of dominance in the areas that they're in. So this is 2035 or 2030. So you're saying could this realistically happen though? Um, well, I mean, based on what currently happened, I mean, we could see, I mean, I could see it happening if we really did face a, uh, bigger catastrophic pandemic mm -hmm. that actually created the, the loss of life or the, the effective infrastructure that we thought this pandemic could have done. So, yeah. If the, the virus is more potent, I guess, if everybody yeah, if the thought it would die, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. So. So good time. I was kind of, yeah, I was kind of playing off of that, that concept because, you know, social media and everything was kind of like fueling the fire of that whole, like, this is the end. This is like mm. going to go way overboard. And I was like, well, what if that really did happen? Yeah. <laughs> like. Gotcha. You know, and it could happen in very fast if it's something that, like you said, is very potent. So it's almost yeah. like uh, it's like two worlds, right? Where like uh, like when when that twenty twenty happened, everybody's like, "Oh, this is nothing. The virus doesn't mean a thing. It's like it's a scam. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean anything." And then and then the other side, we're like, "No, we're all gonna die. Everybody's gonna get it. Who's gonna die? We're gonna get." So it's like there was like two extremes, I guess, right, going on. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I really wanted to play off of that as well in the film is is to create characters who had these very distinct personalities um, that really were uh, contrast to each other, and um, you know play off of that paradigm in the group where there's one person who you know wants to save everybody who wants society the the old way of society to still be intact mm. and can't really accept the new world. Then there's another character in Hamill who is just full blown survival mode. Yeah. Like I don't I don't care about anybody. I want to I want us to survive. Yeah. And then you have or Liam him to survive in the middle, not to get getting, him too much away. Right? Yeah, him to survive. Yeah. And then you have Liam who's kind of in the middle, getting pulled back and forth between the two. 
Yeah, so it's sort of like he's the he's the unset he's the undecided voter, I guess, right? Yeah, he's that he's that yeah. <laughs> you know, middle of the road person, yeah, who's like just trying to navigate and make sure things are good. Yeah, he's trying to create harmony when harmony can't can't happen, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. So what did you so didn't the nine eleven sorry I was gonna say nine eleven. So twenty twenty <laughs> occurred. And then, so you started writing the screenplay during during the pandemic. So, this was uh, this was uh, built off of a project that I actually did for a class uh, in my master's program. Okay. Um, and then, when twenty twenty in the pandemic happened, I kind I revisited it because I was like, well, this story actually has a lot of potential now in terms of like politics, in terms of society, in terms of like what everybody's thinking and gearing towards. And I was like, maybe I could turn this into something bigger, turn it into something that has more meaning to it and has more subtext. Um, so I, I took that script and I rewrote it and um, just really built the current story out of it. And when was this in school? Like how long ago was this? When you? Uh, I wrote it, the initial script was like three pages and I had written it in uh i think 2015 okay yeah and then i took those three pages and then i really expanded it to the it was it was a 18 page script yeah so yeah so 2015 the good times when obama yeah. was president and and uh, yeah and, and and i really just uh i just wanted to explore the zombie theme yeah there is, there is this zombie so, kind of like uh, walking dead kind of vibe with your film mm -hmm. is that fair to say yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I just wanted it to be, I didn't want it to be like a zombie movie, like a Romero film or like yeah. anything like that. I wanted it to be a human film, a film about people trying to figure out mm -hmm. what's going on and how to navigate their path yeah. in a zombie world. You know, the zombies weren't the key antagonist or element in this, yeah. in this film. Like where the, the the Walking Dead is like an allegory. I haven't seen all the seasons because I think there's mm -hmm. like thirty of them. But <laughs> but yeah, they, yeah. but there's uh there's a, the the allegory is that it's the zombies is like kind of a uh, a metaphor for kind of the d the devaluing like you said like it's like we're we're we've stopped evolving we're de-evolving as a society and mm -hmm. in the Walking Dead for example the zombies aren't the enemy. The, aren't the antagonists it's other people who are antagonists i guess right just like in your film yeah yeah exactly yeah mm -hmm. the epidemic as or virus whatever you want to call it has has created an altered uh, the change the world but it's still humans fighting humans that does yeah. that's remained the same i guess right yeah it's really just a catalyst to explain why people are turning on each other and yeah. why the world has become what it is so yeah so you the with that i'm not going to give you much, too much away but do you uh love for people to watch this film but you, this film doesn't kind of like doesn't have, really have a happy ending correct um yeah i mean it's it's more of a tragedy than it is a, a comedy you see a churn i guess like a like a if we're following the movie, there's it's does it makes sense, but we're we're seeing somebody that who's who's becoming an individual, I guess, right? Oh, uh, definitely, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's uh, 
I don't want to give uh, give away yeah. the film. I mean, if you're if you're uh, from that perspective, but we're really seeing kind of each how each character's mentality affects them by the end yeah. of the film. And so, from a directorial um, standpoint, you're kind of framing everything. Gotta like like you're you're on you're on your tripod. You're not really moving the camera that much, which is perfect for the setting. And you're always kind of framing mm -hmm. them, kind of in a circle in a sense, I guess, right? Or a triangle, right? Like the, yeah, the three characters. Yeah. Was that like was that consciously mm -hmm. done on your part? Yeah, in terms of the blocking, I kind of wanted. Yeah. Uh, I always wanted to have Liam framed between. Uh, he is a lot and of bird. Film, yeah. Yeah. Um, just so we get that sense of like he's he's always in the middle, he's always getting pulled back and forth. And um, but then when things when things do really hit the fan, he always steps forward. He's always the other two are kind of the ones who are like, oh, wait a minute, like I don't want to take on that responsibility, even though I talk a big game and yeah. then he steps forward to kind of really solve the problems. Yeah. Yeah, he's the undecided voter of America. He's the he's the the <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty the politically much. centered person, the, which most of America is, if you really think about it, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. Um, and I mean that's the whole subtext of them really is is that yeah. you know we have these two polarizing thought processes and they're pulling Liam back and forth, and they really are are the catalyst for yeah. the end result you know so there's a the right in the first like right in almost halfway point or five minutes into the film there's the bridge scene and so mm -hmm. like it's like there's a confrontation of somebody not letting them go across the bridge i guess right scary man is there like a metaphor for that as well like crossing the bridge um i mean that's more of like a storytelling element is that they're crossing that threshold now from from being a core group to now stepping into that world of like there's solid divisions now yeah. that are starting to form because of the choices they've made up to that point yeah so and and in that scene primarily so yeah um and then i mean for the character for caleb i mean i really wanted him to be uh someone who is just completely he's like the far extreme like someone who is just off the rails like yeah this has now become like i talked a lot with joe who's the actor of that and yeah. we really built out that character and and um and he brought a lot to the characters too and it is just a lot of like this guy is basically like the world's done this yeah. is my domain i get to do whatever i want now he would be, like, a, he'd be a january 6th i guess right Storm <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pretty much, yeah. So, like, it's like, yeah, and he's kind of just like, these guys are crossing into my territory. Like, what, what am I going to take from them? What do they owe me? Yeah. Like, and you know, I'll do whatever I want at that so point. That's the character. So. That's uh, Joseph Paul, actor, like very uh, dominating presence, very yeah, powerful yeah. person. Where did you find mm -hmm. this actor? And we'll talk about the other cast. Uh, I've been working with Joe since grad school he was he i actually met him another uh colleague of mine casted him for their film okay. i met him uh working as an assistant director an ad on their film and then uh he was a prominent character in my thesis film caged uh, oh, really? 
yeah, and since then I've been working with him for probably about six years now, seven years, um, off and on on different projects. But uh, yeah, he's a great, he's just a great acting presence. He brings a lot to the films and he really, uh, he has a lot of experience. So he coaches up a lot of the younger actors and kind of brings a lot of solidarity to the set. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. So you're uh, the, the the other the other cast members. Uh, so one of them, Lee, the guy who plays Liam, has the same last name as yours. Is that relative? Of, of... Uh, he is my younger brother. Yeah. Makes sense because you guys kind of look alike. So yeah. 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 So is uh -huh. he is he an actor uh, by trade? Uh, uh, he is an actor. Um, he has uh, been in uh, three films that I've produced, two that I've directed. Um, and then he's done his commercial work as well. So he works uh, part-time as an actor, part-time uh, in, in, in another field. But he, um, he's working to be an actor and uh, to do that. Yeah, well. he should quit his other job and just focus. He's no, I think he's got some screen presence. He's got some. Oh yeah, he's, definitely. He's the, he's the arc of the film. Like he's the guy who, mm -hmm. who he's the main character. He's the one who changes. Like he's your he's your guy. So he his performance doesn't work. Your, your kind of film doesn't work either. I guess right. Yeah, definitely. And I and I really like the way I like telling stories is uh, I like having the main character kind of be uh, our eyes to the yeah. world. Um, you know, I did that with my first, my thesis film cage is like, you know, you have your main character and you're seeing all of these other characters and their choices and the consequences of their choices through that main character and then how that affects the main character. Um, so it's like kind of the same thing with Liam and, you know, I wanted to show all of these different dynamics through his perspective. Mm -hmm. And, um, like you said, keeping him as that moderate kind of middle grounded person, yeah. Um, I felt like it was like a perfect opportunity to really take on that point of view and way of uh, telling the story. And then, then where did you find the, it's Shannon uh, and then Dan Anderson and then Kevin uh, Byron Wraith. where did you find the other three actors? Uh, so Kevin is a good friend of mine. Um, he's been very interested in acting. Uh, so I gave him a shot to, you know, take on a, take on a role in this film. Um, and he, he put in the work and he really like, took a lot of initiative and and really got into this character and this is his first time acting i mean this is his first major role um so i was i was actually really impressed and really proud of him for that um shannon is an actor from uh the school that i attended academy of art um and i've worked with her a few times uh, in commercial work and now in uh, film work and uh, Dan is an actor that I actually casted as the lead for my last film, The Crossing Shore. Um, and uh, I've been working with him since, I mean, I love working with him. I think he's a really great actor. And uh, so I, I really like kind of going back to the actors I work with yeah. uh, from previous stuff because uh, I feel like we're growing together yeah. as, uh, as filmmakers, but also we have like that rapport. So it's like, they know how I work. I know how they work. I know what they can bring to the table. Mm -hmm. And we really can just create something and not have to worry about the dynamics, you know, of yeah. like getting to know each other or like building a rapport. So, yeah. So you got some, uh, some knife scenes going on uh, in the film. Tell mm -hmm. me about, uh, tell me about the process of doing some physicality with like sharp knives. 
Um, so we had uh, prop knives. So we had real knives and prop knives. Prop knives were rubber and then painted to look like a real knife. Yeah. Um, everything was rehearsed like a number of times. Uh, just to make sure we were safe. We used crash pads and all that stuff. Mm. Um, and uh, that was more or less like we had different types of uh, hand gestures and movements. Like for like the scene when uh, somebody got smacked in the head with a bat, like we made a system where they touch his back first before they even swing the mm. bat. <laughs> so they know, he, the actor knows it's coming um and uh same thing for like some of the knife scenes as well so it's like just coming up with a system of, of safety to make sure that everybody knows what's going on and what's coming um and then from there it's just making sure the timing is on point so tell me so, about then tell me about the blood did you work with like a, a special like a kind of a makeup person to do all the blood yeah so i brought on uh uh, a current student that's from Academy of Art um, that was referred to me by a friend. Uh, her name is Mayu. And uh, she was, she's a production designer, but she actually does make VFX makeup as well. Yeah. Um, so she, uh, she did an incredible job, actually. She just, she did a great job with the zombie characters, making them look like very realistic, but then also with the blood and like understanding how to like, use that blood and make it look realistic and not cheesy yeah like exactly kind of no it's really it's really effective the way you guys did it it's like it's it is realistic yeah yeah so then so then there the film kind of ends in a like a twist or like is there going to be a sequel like kind of you kind of set it up a little bit open uh, yeah i mean i always set up my films for there to be a bigger story to tell um, I think that's kind of like, for me, since these are short films, um, I kind of use them as selling points for a larger story. Yeah. Um, and for like this film, I envision a larger story happening uh, from the tail end of what's, what's uh, shown in the ending. So. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. So what did you think about the audience? We brought the audience to you in the audience feedback video. What did you think about what, the video that we sent you? Um, I thought the audience feedback video was great. I mean, it's doing the festival runs and, and that is when you're there, when you get to go to a festival, that's a really awesome experience. But if it's something where you're not necessarily getting to go to the screenings or getting to stand in front of an audience, having something like the feedback video was really great because you're actually getting something back from the festivals and not just like a laurel or like, you know, something like that. You're actually getting... Uh, an audience review commentary and it was it was pretty gratifying to see that the audience really understood the story really understood that it wasn't just a zombie film but something about people and people trying to navigate politics and humanity and survival and all of those things so yeah yeah exactly so yeah so then like so how's the how's the film doing on the festival circuit right now uh it's doing pretty well we just uh finished a competition for Venice Shorts. Um, it didn't get awarded, but it did okay. Uh, we got a few awards from uh, from LAFA, the LA Film Awards, which was pretty awesome. 
And um, yeah, we got about 21 festivals to hear back from. So 21. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I think it's on it's on its way. It's a really kind of really nicely directed film. It's like you didn't you didn't overdo it. Like you basically, like you said, you didn't like mm -hmm. you just kind of like let the actors tell the story, let the location tell the story. Had some really nice uh, background. Where did you mm -hmm. guys like? Where did you did you do a lot of scouting to find your like quote unquote production design, like shooting outside? Yeah, um, I mean that was the hardest part because must have been my pre. My previous film, uh, The Crossing Shore, was also shot outside, fully ex full exteriors, yeah. and um, and I, I, the producer and I, we picked a, a park called Lake Chabot, and logistics was kind of a nightmare for that. And that experience taught me that, like, okay, if we're gonna shoot something outdoors, it has multiple set pieces, like, they gotta be close, and they have to be like, they have to stand out. Yeah. So like. Um, so I started scouting a number of parks and, uh, but then because of COVID, it was like permitting was kind of becoming a nightmare. Um, and my wife, who's actually a producer on the film, she was like, well, we go to this park in Redwood city, which is my hometown. She's mm -hmm. like, it's a nice park. It has a lot of set pieces. She was like, reach out to Redwood city parks and recs and see what they say. And uh, so I reached out to Redwood City Parks and Rec and um, they were really awesome. They were like, wow, you want to shoot a film? Okay, like just send the script, do this, uh, fill out this application and um, we'll take a look. And then uh, Chris, who is the Parks and Rec director, uh, he, uh, he was great. He didn't even charge us a permit fee or anything. He was just like, I want to support you guys. I want to support the arts, you're a local filmmaker. Um, so there you go just make sure you know to follow the rules and you guys have insurance and everything's good so and was, make sure you throw it, away the, the garbage i guess too right yeah make sure to clean up and not bother you know any other hikers or people in the area and um so we got lucky because uh stallsaft park which is where we shot yeah has a lot of really unique areas that could like help us really kind of define each scene mm -hmm. and um and that that was like a blessing because it just made it a lot easier and everything was probably in a, in a half mile radius. Yeah. So yeah, it was like a five minute walk to each set piece from our, from our main location, uh, main uh, production area. Well, it's, yeah, it's a great film. And uh, what do you, what are you up to next? Are you making, are you making another short or where do you want to, what do you um, do? So right now I am uh, developing a series called food and humanity um which is based on the nostalgia of uh like home-cooked meals or like uh uh meals that people kind of always go back to from either their childhood or anything yeah and um and how that kind of connects us as a society um my wife would love that movie. and culturally yeah so uh it'll be it's at first it's going to be a series of interviews yeah and then uh we're going to extend that into a series of shorts are you going to try uh, to like hit like all like be diverse and hit like a lot of the kind of cultures and yeah we're it's going to just be a number of different cultures a number of different dishes and kind of show like how people's relationship with food. cultural dishes and those kind of that food really kind of ties us together as a society because we all have those those dishes that we go back to we all have those things that really kind of remind us of our families of our of our life or of events what's you your know, dish? that are significant to us 
Um, I'm writing a uh, a small piece of it called uh, Café con Leche, which is uh, it's it's kind of a little bit more subtext to it because I'm a Latino American but also Irish, so I'm um, you know mixed. Power is gold. Uh, yeah, 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 and uh, um, so it has a lot to do with uh, the dynamics of coffee in in my family and how uh, drinking coffee from a young age. Um, it's kind of a thing in Latino oh, really? culture, but what culture, what, um, what culture? Yeah. But, uh, Mexican culture. Right. Okay. Um, and, um, so, uh, but when I was young, I didn't really like coffee, so I couldn't drink it cause it was like so strong and bitter for me. Yeah. Um, and so like I ha- whenever I would drink it, I had to really, really water it down with milk. And, um, that was something that like my grandfather and grandmother kind of would always like water it down for me. And, uh, and then I'd be able to drink it. So there's going to be a kind of a whole story built around that. Oh, cool. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, the, 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 there's something, something there. Like, obviously, different people from come from different worlds, different kind of societies, different economic backgrounds. But mm-hmm. we all kind of can relate to that kind of feeling of, like, say, you know, like my wife or whatever, like having matzo ball soup in front of you. And it's like it just immediately reminds you of your grandparents, your bubby or your like it reminds you of like certain dinners or like I'm Italian community where you had you would have some Sunday dinners. So if you put mm-hmm. like like a certain lasagna in front of me, it just like it would it immediately reminds me of, of it takes me back to that time when I was like eight years old, I guess. Right. So. Yeah, definitely, definitely, yeah. and that's kind of where we're—that's that's the 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 heart of what we're building around uh, for this for this uh, series. Yeah. Well, good um, on it. I want to see it when it's done. Yeah, and then uh, other than that, I'm I'm I want to move into a feature film. So I'm currently writing a script uh, called Monsters and Men. Uh, that's the current title, but uh, it's um it's a story that's built on the, the themes of stoicism and redemption and uh and yeah so that's that's so kind of the next film that i'm working you're a busy guy yeah definitely busy all right man yeah. congratulations let's talk again when you, these projects are completed and uh looking forward to seeing what you do in the future okay cool well thanks a lot for having me one two three four five six seven eight Shlemiel. Give us any chance we'll take